Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Girly Homesteader podcast. In case you're new here, hello, my name is Laura and I am a homesteader, I guess. <laughs> um, I guess I've considered myself a homesteader for about two years now and this is my journey. Um, if you've been following along since the beginning, you know that I've been struggling with gardening. Um, I actually do not have a green thumb, and so today on this episode, I'm going to be talking about my favorite things from the month. So if you are new here to the podcast, every month I start out with talking about my goals for that month, and then I finish up the month talking about the things that have helped me out, whether it be with the gardens or the chickens or in the kitchen, or also just things that I have discovered like for hair or makeup or skincare that I'm just really enjoying. So today I have a lot of garden things to talk about, but a little bit of skincare and also hair. So stay tuned and welcome again if you are new. Hello and welcome to season two of the Girly Homesteader podcast. I'm your host, Laura, a girly homesteader living in Xenia, Ohio with my husband, chickens, bees, and garden. This is my second year homesteading and in 2023, I am hoping to hone some of the skills I learned in 2022, specifically in the garden and kitchen. This podcast is meant to be a bridge between nature-centered homesteading and the more girly aspects of being a woman, like non-toxic skincare, makeup, and hair care. So if you're looking for a lifestyle podcast that also talks about random aspects of homestead life, like dirty chicken feet, being attacked by bees, monthly garden goals, food preservation ideas, and sourdough that doesn't always rise, you're in the right place and you've found a girlfriend in homesteading. All right, so first things first, let's talk about the garden. So I mentioned this item last week when I was doing a whole recap of the spring garden. So the grand summary is that my soil was very, very off in terms of its pH. What I have discovered is that when your soil pH is off, um, especially too alkaline, meaning not acidic enough, your veggies don't grow well, and also if they do, the taste is just kind of off. So the product that I wanna talk about today is Soil Kit. So as I said last week, I did a soil test. I was digging my feet into the ground, being stubborn, thinking that I didn't need a soil test because my soil should be just fine because I was doing all the things I'm supposed to do, like adding organic material, and working on, um, you know, the texture and the draining of my soil, but nothing was working. And so my husband, because he knows best, <laughs> because he is, um, he's very familiar with the world of growing cover crops and food plots for deer. He said, Laura, you need to test your soil. And so last time that I tested our soil, this was back in the fall of last year, um, I decided to go through the Ohio or the Green County Extension Office here in Ohio. Um, if you are not familiar with extension offices, these are like little branches of the agriculture university in your state. And so here in Ohio, we have OSU. And so this is the Green County little portion of OSU because I live in Xenia and we're in Greene County, Ohio. 
So the process was fine. I did have to take my soil sample and drive it out to that office, which for me, it's not super far away, but I could see it being very inconvenient if you lived even more rurally than we do. Um, but it really wasn't a terrible process to get it done. But the results were quite confusing, I will say. Um, I just... I don't know, they just weren't very clear. They're like, we're very, very farming focused and not necessarily like hobby kind of gardener focused. And so this time I decided to try something new. I decided to go with the brand Soil Kit and I heard about them through a podcast that I listened to called The Beginner's Garden. And Jill on that podcast, um, she really liked using her Soil Kit. And so I thought, well, sure, let me try. So I ordered two different kits online. I was going to do a sample from my raised beds and then also from my in-ground beds. What I liked is that my sample kits came pretty darn quick. And I had already had my soil sampled out and ready to go. But all you do is you just go online, you scan the little QR code on your bag, you create your account, and you get to label your kits um, with, you know, whatever name you want them to be and you get your own little account. So in theory, if I keep doing soil tests, I'll be able to monitor the progress of my soil. So doing the little QR code part, that was super easy. All I had to do was just take my soil samples, fill up the bag, put it in the, you know, pre-addressed mailer that came with the kit and then send them off. And honestly, my results came back pretty darn quick. I was pretty impressed. I think it was probably like a week turnaround time, like from the day that I put them in the mail to the time that I had the results in my email inbox. Um, and what I like is that the results are pretty darn easy to interpret. Um, the other thing that I liked about Soil Kit was that you had the option to choose whether you wanted organic soil amendments or not. And so Soil Kit, they just, they made it easy. Um, you can, now I will say for my garden, my garden is only like 400 square feet and that's with the path. So if you take those out, it's probably only 300 square feet or so. The smallest garden size that you are able to put on their website is a thousand square feet. So that is kind of frustrating, but at the same time though, a thousand is a nice easy round number to work with. And so all you have to do is just take their recommendations, do a little bit of math and you can figure out how much um, product you need of what they recommend. And so thanks to Soil Kit, I amended my soil with some soil acidifier, which is essentially just um, sulfur. And my pH is already starting to go down. I talked about this again last week, but I can tell that things are getting better because things are growing quicker. And the taste of what I've been growing, like my dill specifically, is starting to taste more normal. So I will link to Soil Kit in the show notes. Again, it was just super simple. Um, and what I like is that I will be able to have my account there with them so I can track the progress of my soil. And so for that reason, yes, I will buy Soil Kit again in the future. I'm not exactly sure when I'm going to do it. I might do it like late winter or late um late fall maybe or maybe early early spring late winter i'm not sure but i do think that i probably will want to do another test before um before the spring garden next year but yeah 
I really enjoyed using Soil Kit. So the next garden thing that I want to talk about is my green stock vertical planter. I have had this for a long time now, but I don't think I've actually talked about it on the podcast yet just because I hadn't really used it a lot. Um, and that's because I was growing mostly warm weather things in this planter. So I'm sure that you've seen green stalks on Instagram, but they are these beautiful self-watering vertical planters. I have one um, that is the more shallow pocket depth. They have two different types. They have one where the pocket depth is about eight inches, and then I think the other one is 12 inches. And so mine is specifically for growing shallow rooted things like herbs, lettuces, and strawberries. And so that's all I wanted it for. And so I've had these things planted in there for a while, but now that it is warm and June and summery, I have finally gotten our first strawberries and I am just so, so happy with the green stock. Now I will say though, that a green stock is a pretty darn big investment. Um, the planter itself, at least the one that I got, I think was about $150 when it was on sale. And then I also got a special base for it that allows it to rotate and also be wheeled around our patio. That thing is expensive, but I will say this planter has worked out very, very well. Now, would I want to grow really large items in it? I'm not sure. Um, like the, the original version of this planter, I did actually purchase it from my parents and they're having decent success with growing in it, but it's so tall and I just, I don't know, I can't imagine working with a planter that's even bigger than the one that I have. So I don't know, I would keep that in mind um, just because I don't know. I have I don't have enough experience with it to say that like it could be your entire garden. But for growing specific things like herbs and strawberries, I am just I'm pretty darn happy with it so far. It's very low maintenance. I can move it to wherever it needs to be so that I can get the correct sun for it. And then also the fact that it is self-watering is super super helpful. Now, I will say that there is a learning curve with watering it. And I know that sounds silly, but if you like, okay, so you have to, if you haven't seen one of these things, there are five different levels on mine and each level has six different pockets that you can plant your plants into. You stack them up on top of each other. And then the very top portion of it is basically just like a water reservoir. And what you do is you fill that with water and then it trickles down all the way through the planter with these special inserts that go in between the levels. And then it will water everything right at the base of the plant. Now, the learning curve though. If you fill up that top reservoir too fast, the water will just rush right through it and then come out the bottom. I have only recently discovered <laughs> that the speed at which you fill that top reservoir makes a very big difference. What you wanna do is make sure that the water is going in slow enough that you start to see like a little like whirlpool form at the top of that water reservoir. When it's going that slowly, the water just kind of like flows into all those different levels in between and you won't have water rushing out the bottom. If you fill it up too quickly, that little whirlpool doesn't create and the water just rushes right through the planter and out the bottom. 
So keep that in mind if you have a green stock because it has taken me um, like almost a few months <laughs> to figure this concept out. So I do really like my green stock. I do think that the next time that they have a sale, I probably will buy another one just because I am loving it for strawberries and I would like to have one that is totally full of strawberries. But again, do I think that I would grow everything in here? No, I really don't think I would. Um, now, yeah, if you do have just a patio and you're trying to grow as much of your own food, sure, it would be a great way to start. But I just, I don't know, I cannot fathom growing a whole tomato plant in there. I just really can't. I'm not sure. So for me, it's going to be just for herbs and strawberries as of right now. The next thing that I want to talk about that is garden related kind of is my new compost thermometer. <laughs> um, I haven't been able to talk about my whole composting journey because I still haven't figured it out. But I will say that my compost thermometer is giving me the hope that I am moving in the right direction. I honestly have no idea why I didn't get a compost thermometer any sooner than I did. Um, but I just, I didn't. I think it's probably because this composter that I have, it is called the Aero Bin. And it is meant to be just super foolproof, but it hasn't proven to be that way for me. But of course, I am totally brand new to composting. So back in May, one of my goals was to completely empty out my compost bin and start over. I did do that and I have been using it to compost down my chicken manure and also wood chips that we have. Um, as I have been learning with my garden, wood chips are something that are very, very hard to decompose and they take a lot of nitrogen. And so the ratios that I have to use to compost those down is way different than if I was using just like regular brown material for a composter, whether it be like sticks or leaves or stuff like that. So I am working on those ratios, but what is fantastic is that by putting this compost thermometer into my aero bin, I am able to monitor the changes of the previous things that I added and see if that is making my compost bin get hotter or colder. And actually just this morning, I went and added some stuff to it and I'm happy to report that my temperature in there was probably about five degrees warmer than it was the day before. So this compost thermometer, there's nothing really special about it. I think it's one of the ones that most people buy off of Amazon. It's very highly rated. I will link to it in the show notes. I did buy one that has a four foot, I think four feet, four foot long, or maybe it's three feet long um, post. That way I can get deep into the center of my compost pile. But essentially it goes from like, I don't know, 40 degrees up to, I don't know, 160 or something, but it is made specifically for compost because there is like a little gauge on there that shows you if you are in the steady, active, or hot ranges for a compost pile. My goal is to get it all the way up to hot, but I am still just at the very, very bottom edge of steady. I had been at the very, very bottom for the past few days, but I'm happy to report that when I checked on it this morning, I am a little bit higher into that steady range. So what I think I need to do is just keep building the size of my compost like pile in there in the arrow bin. Um, but once I get there, Hopefully I will have good compost that I can use on my garden, but this compost thermometer, again, 
it's just really making me feel like I am moving in the right direction and that hopefully by fall, I will have some compost that I can amend my soil with. So again, I'll link to that in the show notes. And after the break, I have three more things that I want to talk about. One more is just kind of like happy homesteading things. And then I also have some girly stuff to talk about too. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Grubly Farms, the brand of chicken food and treats I use for my own flock. What's always been important to me is making sure my girls get a non-soy protein source, but Grubly Farms takes it one step further by using food waste to raise the black soldier fly larvae that they then turn into insect-based protein. This is way more natural for chickens than the fish-based food I used to use. Grubly Farms is also higher in calcium than other feeds because it is made of insects, and I've definitely noticed stronger eggshells because of it. My girls go crazy for the crumbled food, but you can shop all their products with a link in the show notes, and you can get 25% off your first order by using the code GIRLYHOMESTEADER at checkout. All right, so I have three more things to talk about, and the first one is my new homestead journal. So if you guys follow me on Instagram, um, you know that I'm very into my planner from Plum Paper. I use this planner to keep track of my to-do list essentially, but I do also use it to track and plan out everything that's happening in the garden. But I wanted a place where I could just kind of record everything that was going along in our homestead whether it would be weird weather patterns or maybe our first frost dates, maybe the first time that we see things blooming, um, whether, you know, I can track things like with our bees, whether we made a split or, you know, if we started seeing pollen coming in, stuff like that. I wanted a place where I could just write down all of my observations on our homestead. And so I got a small journal from Plum Paper. I am a big fan with my regular planner of using the big paper, normal eight and a half by 11. But I wanted something that was just, that felt like a little bit more journaly rather than like a notebook. And so I decided to get the A5 version of their monthly planner. But instead of getting one that had uh, week spreads, I got one that has just lined pages. So this journal. Well, it's technically a planner. It's technically a planner, but I am using it as a journal. And my goal here is to make each page of the month a year. So each lined page that comes in the tab. So like, let's say it's June. In the June tab there in this planner, there are 12 lined pages. So my goal is to make each one of those pages a year. So like now for 2023, I'm writing down day by day, just the observations that we have. Then the next page will be the year 2024. And we'll be able to reference more easily about what is going on because we'll just have month by month or year to year right there at like at a glance. Hope that makes sense. So that is what I'm using this journal for. It's a place where I can just track everything 
that's going on, just like a little bit more generally. Like I don't need to write down every single thing I'm doing in the garden, but I can write down like maybe the first harvest. So like the first tomato that we get, that will be written down. The first cucumbers that we got, I already wrote those down along with our first strawberries. So it's just a place where we will be able to go year by year and just kind of get a glimpse of what is coming up for us in that month. So I will link to Plum Paper in the show notes and I'll also write down the specific planner layout that I got. Um, and if you would like a discount code for your first Plum Paper Planner purchase, let me know and I will get that to you. So the next two things that I want to talk about, one is hair related and one is skincare related. So the skincare thing is something new that has just come out from Beauty Counter and it is their Dark Spot Corrector. This is a brand new product and it is part of the All Bright line. I like two of the products from the All Bright line and I now like three. So I already love the triple acid toner from the All Bright line. Um, that's a toner that has like, I don't want to say low levels of acids, but kind of low-ish levels of chemical exfoliants. That way you can use this product every day. My skin loves chemical exfoliants. And the, the other thing from the Albright line that I love is the facial oil. It has avocado oil in it, which my skin adores. And so now a new addition to this line is the Dark Spot Corrector. Now, I will say I really do wish they would have like thought about the name of this product a little bit differently because I don't use it for dark spots. Um, because I am a religious sunscreen wearer, I really don't have many dark spots on my face like related to sun damage. But what I do have <laughs> is acne related to rosacea. And so the main ingredient is niacinamide in this product. Niacinamide is a very underrated skincare ingredient that is soothing. It helps reduce acne and redness. And so it does help to reduce um, dark spots, but it also really works for acne. And so when you look at the before and afters that Beauty Counter has put out for this product, a lot of them are just redness and irritation. That's another thing that niacinamide is great for. It is at reducing irritation. And so I am not using this product as a spot treatment. I am using this kind of like as a booster to help make my other serums a little bit more potent. I have talked about a niacinamide serum from a Cure Beauty on the podcast before. And although I do like it, I do notice that if I use it every single day, it will dry me out a little bit over time. So what I'm able to do with this dark spot corrector is I'm able to add a little bit to it, a little bit of it to my other serum. And I get the benefits of that niacinamide without drying my skin out. And I can say that it is helping with the texture of my skin. It's helping with the redness of those lovely rosacea bumps that I have. Um, and I am really, really enjoying that. So I will put a link to that in the show notes. And then the final thing that I want to talk about today is my new hair dryer. <laughs> so you guys know that I have chopped my hair off and I now have a bob and I am embracing the natural texture of my hair. For years and years and years, I had just a cheap Conair blow dryer and that was it. It was just from Costco, probably like 30 bucks. And it was fine. But with embracing the curly or wavy girl method, 
I started to discover that my blow dryer, my old one, um, it actually dried my hair out more than I thought it did. So I thought, well, let me get an actual good hair dryer and also a good diffuser. I am someone where I like to shower at night and wash my hair at night. I just like that feeling. And so I needed something to dry my hair. That way I wasn't going to bed with sopping wet hair. And so I was on the hunt for a new blow dryer. Um, I tried one before, the one that I'm gonna talk about today. I tried the Shark like Hyper Air Dryer. I got mine at Costco and it had a diffuser attachment, a, um, uh, I don't know the other things, <laughs> a concentrator and then some other like curling brush sort of a thing. And the dryer was fine until it broke. Like it just started shorting out constantly and I couldn't get it to work. So I don't know if that's just the dryer in general or if it was just the specific one that I bought. I don't know. The good thing is that Costco took it back. But what I did learn from that blow dryer is that the, is that um, having a nice blow dryer with the ion technology really does make a difference in how your hair feels. So I was on the hunt to find a new blow dryer and a diffuser specifically for my wavy hair. Because what I discovered with the typical diffuser kind of a thing, you know, you know what it looks like. It's like this big bowl essentially with kind of fingers. You put your hair in there and it scrunches it up and helps it to dry in its wavy pattern. Well, what I didn't like about them is that it really just focused on drying the ends of my hair. I wanted something that would kind of work into the roots. And so what I discovered is the blow dryer and diffuser attachment by Diva Curl. This blow dryer has ion technology, and I definitely know that it makes my hair feel softer than my other, my old blow dryer, like my old, old one. And what I love about it, though, is the diffuser. So if you've never seen this blow dryer before, it looks kind of crazy because the blow dryer looks like a hand. It looks like a hand with open, like wide fingers. And what you can do is you can place it into your hair and focus those little fingers at the roots of your hair. That way you dry that area quicker. Because in my opinion, at least with my hair, the roots are what take the longest to dry. You know, the ends dry before the roots. But what I wanna focus on is getting my roots dry because that is where it is much more prone to getting like bent and smushed around and drying funny. And so what I love about this dryer and this um, diffuser specifically is that I can rake it underneath my hair, get those little holes in the fingers of the diffuser right at the roots, and I can get dryness there and then let the ends just kind of dry more naturally on their own. So I really do love this blow dryer. Um, was it a splurge? Yes, it was. <laughs> especially considering that like I have never spent money on a good blow dryer before. Um, so I got mine at Ulta, but I'm going to link it in the show notes. Um, you can get them online, but I just wanted the instant gratification and my local Ulta happened to have it. So the Diva Curl Dryer, I really, really like. And the other thing that I like about it too is that it's neon yellow. So it just makes me happy when I'm using it. So just to summarize all the things that I talked about today for the month of June were first soil kit that uh, proved to me that I'm actually not that bad of a gardener. It's just that my soil was terrible. <laughs> so again, I'll link to soil, or to soil kit in the show notes. 
I also talked about my green stock, my compost thermometer, my new homestead journal, the beauty counter dark spot corrector, which I am kind of using as like a booster for my serums, and then also my Diva Curl Dryer. So I will have links to all of those in the show notes. And next week, I will be talking about my goals for the month of July. Oh my gosh, I am blown away that we are like almost done with June already. I mean, every month, I know that I say that, but um, I really do feel like once the 4th of July is over, then September is like here in like a blink of an eye. So the crazy thing is that fall is right around the corner. Which for someone like me, that makes me very happy because I'll be honest, summer is my least favorite season. I just don't like the heat. I don't like the humidity. And so once we can get through August, oof, I will be happy. But anyways, we'll get there when we get there. Um, so thank you so much for listening and I will talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to the Girly Homesteader podcast. Make sure to subscribe so you never miss a new episode. And if you want to share more in my journey, follow me on Instagram at the Girly Homesteader.